special tribute to uh, to share with you guys. Uh, we lost uh, a very dear friend to the Hair Radio Morning Show, and I'm just finding out about this. Uh, this was back in September of uh, 2021, and uh, People Magazine did a big story on this. Uh, we're talking about David Babai. Now, he was out in Beverly Hills, California, and David worked with everybody. Uh, in fact, uh, when we had him on the show, he's been on our show a couple of times and did quite extensive interviews with us. And David uh, was very sweet and kind and, and was very sharing and forthcoming and talked all about the blowout bar that he and Gwyneth uh, had worked on and he was a long, long time friend of actress Kate Hudson, uh, and he joked with me on the air about, uh, you know, uh, he didn't know who Kate was <laughs> at the beginning, and uh, he just knew that uh, had found out she was Goldie's daughter, of course, Goldie Hawn, and so Kate Hudson, um, it's it's a huge story in People magazine, and I'm just really getting a chance to look at it. I'm going to just uh, kind of give it to you guys what they had to uh, share about David and people. And it says, Kate Hudson is mourning the death of one of her oldest friends. The Golden Globe winner, 42, posted a tribute to hairstylist David Babai. Now, this was early Saturday, along with throwback photos of Babai styling her hair and her kid's hair. 21 years of shenanigans and laughter. She wrote, "Uh, my dear boo, I love you. So she wrote that on Instagram and in caption, and uh, it also says, Processing this loss is really sad and challenging. Um, I will miss you terribly, forever and always. Now, the loss was felt by many who expressed their condolences in the comment section. Um, God bless his soul, wrote Reese Witherspoon. And uh, such a loss, Cindy Crawford added. Oh, no, I'm so sorry, commented Rita Wilson, Paris Hilton, and Leah Michelle. So they all commented uh, with broken heart emojis. So this has been quite uh, quite something else. Hudson collaborated with Babai and their eco-friendly hair care line, David Babai, for Wild Aid. That was back in 2008. And she said they had a blast together, she told people. Uh, shooting the lines uh, campaign in Africa with Babai and the late legendary fashion photographer Peter Lindbergh. I'm just lucky to have him as my companion while I travel and work. It's also great collaborating with Kate, Babai added. I adore her. She's my muse and inspiration. We get in trouble all the time. And it's a sentiment that he told us right here, personally, on the Hair Radio Morning Show. And for me, Carrie Hines, uh, just getting a chance to know David uh, through being on our broadcast, he was a very, um, very caring soul. You could feel it. And I remember uh, when we brought him to the show, he was so surprised to know anyone would care, uh, you know, about him so much. But we did. We loved having him on the show. He had told us that he had lost so much weight. And we were just rooting him on, and he had fans through our broadcast as well. And so um, we loved him so much, we brought him back for a second interview and to follow up with him a couple of years later to share what he had been working on. And he was 
just kind, and I remember that. It was uh, very interesting. We're going to see if we can get all of that on for you guys. We'll put it on our 24-hour network as well um, and continue to celebrate the amazing, amazing David Provide, my friend on radio and through the broadcast and the friend to the Hair Radio Morning Show. We'll keep your legacy going. A moment of silence. Statement from Janice McCafferty, publicist for David Babai. I met David over 20 years ago when he reached out to me for a styling product he wanted to use on his celebrity client. It wasn't like the normal phone call. I was used to representing many leading brands. This call took on a deep connection. We spoke for hours about the beauty industry and his goals as a celebrity hairstylist, plus our families, pets, foods, and life in general. I was hooked and became his biggest fan. As David's career took off, I started to handle his public relations. This took on a a magical journey. It was more like having a party with laughter and plenty of smiles when we spoke every day. I welcomed every call with him and would even start smiling when I saw his number on the caller ID He would always have a story to tell. David was one of a kind. His talents as a hairdresser, his ability to make everyone laugh, and his love for animals made him the most sought-after hairstylist in Hollywood. From red carpets, covers of major magazines, and the runways, David was in demand. His clientele included A-list celebrities, top models, and photographers, of course. But with all of this fame and recognition, David was very humble. He had uh, never bragged or even thought he was a better hairstylist than someone else. Instead, he would play down everything so no one would think he was unapproachable. He made everyone feel comfortable around him. He was a joy and how I loved him like a son. You're listening to the Hair Radio Show. I'm Kerry Hines. We have a very special guest with us today. His name is David Babai, and he is the top, the top celebrity stylist. David, welcome to Hair Radio. Oh, thank you, Carrie. That was such a, a lovely introduction. I'm so excited to be on Hair Radio with you. Well, we're glad to have you. Now, we want to, and of course, we're going to get into all of the wonderful uh, names and drop those names uh, of some of the celebrities that you have worked with, which is pretty much everybody in the industry, and we'll talk about that. But I want to go back to the beginning. Um, I kind of love the story uh, that I re- that I read, and uh, it starts at, like out in Paris, uh, France, which is one of my favorite places. We'll talk about that. But tell me about that. Now you were atop the Eiffel Tower, and uh, you know, kind of this was several years back, like 15 years ago, and you decided kind of like a different career path. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. Well, you know, I was I got my master's in uh, hotel and uh, restaurant management, and I was working for a big company, and I was just 
so miserable with what I was doing, and I never realized, you know, after going to school for four years and then starting a career, that I could actually have a second career. And it was a family holiday. It was me, my mom, my sister. It was me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And my sister took my dad shopping, and my mom and I, although I was born in London and had been to Europe a lot, we had never done the sightseeing thing. Uh, Later, my mom told me she wanted to spend time with me alone because she sensed there was something wrong. Um, I was just in a really depressed mood, and I I felt like, what am I going to do? I've already done the school thing. Did I make a bad decision and new career? So we're on top of the Eiffel Tower, and we're looking out, and I'm looking like, you know, how beautiful it is, but still really down. And my mom said to me, what's wrong? What's going on? And I kind of broke down and said to her, you know, I don't like what I'm doing. I've been scared to tell you guys because, you know, we've spent so much money for school. And she said to me, she's like, you know, you're so young. You still have time to change. You know, why don't you go be a hairstylist, you know? And I was like, uh, qu'est-ce que c'est? <laughs> you know, <in> French, <laughs> exactly. trying my French. And, uh, you know, she said, you know, she goes, look, just because you've made a decision in life doesn't mean you can't change it and it's okay. And I was scared my dad was going to, like, literally kill me, you know? <laughs> Flip out, right? Hundreds of thousands of school and da-da-da, and I still hadn't paid my that back to them. Um, so she's like, go to Vidal Sassoon, the academy. You know, my mom worked at Sassoon, you know, for mm-hmm. 10 years and before she met my dad. So there was, this was on a Monday, and there was a class starting on Friday, and we just started our, our holiday. She said to me, I'm going to help you. I called the school. I t- did the paperwork. She paid for the school again. And my dad and my sister had no clue. I changed my flight, left. In the morning, without my mom and without my dad knowing about it, because oh. uh, my mom's like, "I'll deal with it," you know. Flew back, <laughs> wow, and started wow. so soon, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then later in my career, obviously, my dad. I mean, just after that, he's like, "I'm fine with it. Why didn't you tell me? Uh, you, I've always, you know." So it was, it was kind of like weird. <laughs> wow. Now you went on to to study in London and Los Angeles, if I'm understanding correctly. Is that, that's where. Yeah, I did uh, educational classes in London and in Paris, uh, and I started my career, uh, like, you know, wanting to get, just to work at a salon. I literally was thinking, okay, I'm going to go from beauty school, do internship for two years at a beauty, uh, like at a salon, and then Mm -hmm. work on the floor, and that completely didn't happen. I never worked at a salon. I did some (laughs) work at a charity stuff, but, like, Uh I don't know if you want to know, like, after beauty school, uh, like two weeks after beauty school, I was, a friend of mine said, do you want to cut this publicist's hair? And I was ready to cut anybody's hair. You know, when, you, uh-huh. when you're out of beauty school, you'll cut you, a, anything. You know, now if somebody asks right. me for a haircut, I'm like, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, so I, I did his hair, and his name is Brad Caffarelli, and I owe him a lot because he, he started my career uh, he was Kate Hudson and Goldie Hawns and Cameron Diaz and everybody's publicist. And I cut his hair, and I was so nervous, but I did a good job because I really didn't know what publicists did. I didn't know about covers. I didn't know how celebrities were done. None of that. I was a really bad into the thing. Cut his hair two weeks later with the Golden Globes. He called me, and he goes, um, do you want to do Kate Hudson's hair for the Golden Globes? 
And I was like, who's Kate Hudson? In my mind, because again, <laughs> really bad, you know. Uh-huh. And then he goes, he's, he goes, oh, you know, he's Gold, she's Goldie Hawn's daughter. And I was like, Goldie Hawn? I get to meet Goldie Hawn. Like, that's all I cared about. Was like, Gold- <laughs> so I, and that was, I, I did Kate for the Golden Globes, and then Vogue named me the King of Curls. And my career just, and by the way, when I was doing Kate, I was reading the manual on the curling iron, because in Sassoon, they didn't teach you curling irons, you know? Uh-huh. And that's when I started, uh, it started that bohemian wave, totally by accident. <laughs> wow. Okay. So now you've you've done quite a bit uh, since then. That that chance uh, cut uh, in which you met the publicist and it kind of opened the door to all of these wonderful magazines and these publications uh, from around the world, like Vogue and Elle, InStyle, Allure, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, and so many many others. But I think one of the things that I kind of noticed there and I thought was really interesting is that you were an editor at large. And, and certainly my French La Vitra try is it L'Officiel? L'Officiel, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like the way you say that. Uh, so tell us about that. How was it? Because you had to share your perspective on beauty trends with women around the world. So how was that? You know, this was like, again, so early in my career. I mean, after doing hair for like maybe two years, I was approached by the magazine, and again, I was not a good, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at this point. I was totally winging it, you know, so, uh, but I was really, all of a sudden, I'm really A-type personality, so I became really consumed with hair and fashion, so I was approached by the magazine to be an editor-at-large. Now, I didn't even know what editor-at-large meant, but I was like, again, qu'est-ce que c'est? (laughs) No problem, you know, and I, I do have a real passion for France and for Paris because obviously it was where my life changed uh, so I flew to Paris they flew me to Paris and on Air France and put me up at the uh, what was it I think it was at the Ritz and I met wow. with them and I was like who do I what's going on like you know like who are, so I became editor at large and I did like mag, the covers with them and I did trend sets of, of Hollywood and how fashion and, and celebrities work together it was the most amazing experience and i was there for i think a almost two years and i couldn't continue further because i was so busy i couldn't meet with them and do the trends or else i, w- I would have still i'm still very dear friends with them and they i still do some stuff with them once in a while wonderful now tell us about uh and we are uh, definitely going to certainly talk uh, about more of the connections these wonderful connections that you have but uh, just in general, uh, are there, is there anything that's jumping out uh, trends-wise that, uh, these days that you might want to share? You know, I think that what I've, what I've learned is what I believe in. You know, I, I have this weird, say, this weird thing that I came up with on a plane when I was bored, uh, and excuse me if I, I say it incorrectly, was, you know, poets had written about women, my philosophy on women, that poets had written about them, Philosophers have pondered about them. Um, you know, uh, artists have drawn them. Uh, I am the man today. I, I've become the man today because of the women I've been around. You know, like I look at myself as you know. I admire women's women itself, and therefore translating trends and looks for them. I feel like is is you know. I don't think a woman should be a slave to her hair. I've always been mm. like that. Even creating my own hair care line, 
I wanted things to be easy and I wanted things to be sexy and beautiful and I don't think anybody ever looks at someone and says, "Wow, that's an amazing blow dry or like, you know, or like, "God, that stiff uh updo is so amazing." You know, I think it's great to do those kinds of things, but I like women to look naturally beautiful, you know. So I think what with what's happening now is women are are taking more control over it and you know women work have kids have lives have careers everything so things are more about loose and beautiful and sexy and natural for me and that's what i will always continue doing you know with all the women i work with perfect now now what we all want to know about mm. we all want to know about what is the life of a celebrity stylist what is it really like uh, when you have the most famous, uh, the most famous client in the world, David, tell us about that. You know, um, it's a very, it's 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 a beautiful life because my my life is, my work is to play up. I, I play dress up every day. You know, I make women look pretty. You know, or like I don't make them look pretty. I just do fun hair. You know. It's also very, very stressful, and, you know, because the world is not just judging them, they're judging what I've done to them, you know. So at points, sometimes, you know, you have an anxiety attack until the Oscars are over, or the Golden Globes, or the premieres, or whatever, and I think, I don't know who said it, but someone very smart said, you're as good as your last hair hairstyle. And that's how it is. Sometimes it's it's really stressful. And, you know, it's fun creating looks for Angelina Jolie for a movie or, you know, Ryan Reynolds or Brad Pitt or Gwyneth or Scarlett or Uma or Kate Hudson, all the girls I've had the privilege to work with. But also you just think, okay, what's the next look I can come up with? <laughs> you know, right. so... Right. It could It could be very, very stressful. And then there's days that you have that amazing... You know, you've got God working through you or whatever it is, and you just do the per- – everything is right, the synergy is right, and you just do the most amazing look that you feel is good, and you're just like, wow, I kind of do good hair <laughs> kind wow. of a thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, listen, we want to tell all the folks out there about uh, your current project um, and currently what you're working on. Now, I understand that um, it's a blow-dry bar. Yeah, you know, about – Four months ago, I Gwyneth Paltrow has been my client. Was my second client. Kate Hudson was my first. Gwyneth was my second client. Client I worked with, and I've known her forever, and uh, I love her more than anything because she's yeah. not only been a client; she's been a really dear friend in you know life's trials and tribulations, if I'm saying that right, with me, and yeah. so have most of my clients. And so she was her and Tracy Anderson. Uh, they've worked together for a long time, and Tracy actually helped me lose 115 pounds. <laughs> now, I, I want the folks out there to hear that again, and then I'll let you continue on with this story. Did you say uh, 115 pounds? 115 lost? pounds, and I'm 5'7". <laughs> Could you oh, imagine? my gosh. So, uh, wow. I, I, you know what it is. I gained the weight because all I did was travel and room service and room service and, you know. Rich food, yeah. Rich food and stress. And, you know, I went from a size 30 waist to a size 44 waist in like a blink. Uh, And I tried everything. I tried, you know, 
I, everything you can imagine. And when Gwyneth's body from the Iron Man one first Iron Man, uh, when I did her, when everybody was like, "Oh my God," you know, and I was like, "Maybe I could try this," you know. And I started working out, and I got a lot of motivation, and not preaching, but more motivation. Hey, you're looking great, or you're doing good, and. I learned the different relationships between food and why you need it versus as a comfort, you know. And my, my friend's going through this weight thing right now, and I don't even tell her you need to lose weight. I'm like, you will hit a point where you will want to lose it yourself. It's your own personal journey, you know. So I've, I lost the weight, and then Gwyneth called me. Why I say this is because it kind of all comes in a full circle. She goes, I'm opening this flagship uh, Tracy Anderson Brentwood studio, uh, you know, and we were going to do a blow-dry bar just for people to go in there and blow their own hair, but I want to do it with you. Would you be interested? And I was like, I've never owned a salon, never had the aspiration or the desire to open a salon. Every time I go into a salon, I'm like, I don't know how these guys do it. I mean, it's 10 people, 10 characters, personalities every day. How do they do this, you know? So I was like, okay, yes, yes, oh my God, yes, I'll do it. Not thinking how much work comes with it, because it's like, and by the way, we're opening in two months. So I had to hire staff, didn't know how to hire people, train people, and and now we're actually doing salons all over the world together, you know, and... It's and you're the only first person I'm telling that to, you know. Oh, did you guys hear that? Wonderful. Now hold it. Repeat that one more time. Dave. Well, we've we've decided to open up blow dry bars all over the world, and you guys are the first I'm saying it to. So I wasn't supposed yeah. to tell anybody, but you know, it's it's you, Carrie. I've got. I've got thank you. <laughs> well, fans of the Hair Radio Show, you heard it right here first, and and we love that. Oh. Now, speaking of Gwyneth Paltrow, first, uh, we have to say we're all big fans of hers. And, uh, you know, just recently being named as one of the, uh, well, actually, the, the most. most beautiful woman. <laughs> yes, on the cover. You can't get any more beautiful than that. <laughs> so we love her. We support her. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so we just wanted to say, what, uh, what is it like working with Gwyneth specifically? And then I want to hear a little bit more about this project. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I don't know how to explain how... First of all, she's so encouraging and she's so, she is so brilliant and so fun and doesn't take herself serious and like, you know, it's, it's, you know, she knows how to cook and she did it because of specific reasons. She speaks fluent Spanish, Italian, French with beautiful accents and an amazing actress. And funny story about me and Gwyneth is I, when I was in the hotel industry, I was in Chicago and I decided I wanted to go to the Oprah show because I had three days off. And I saw her when she was promoting Sliding Doors, and I thought, and I wasn't even in hair, I thought, wow, what a beautiful woman. You know, and ironically, I end up being her business partner and her hairstylist. But, you know, she's just such an amazing person, and she's such an amazing mother. I've, I've never seen, like, I mean, she cares about her kids and is so present, and a good friend and like I could text her email her anytime whether I'm going through personal problems and she'll give me great advice and she's a, she's 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 my muse you know so amazing thank you for for sharing that now I want to ask you because this now that that's in Brentwood uh, about the blow dry bar that's that you guys are working uh, with together on 
that's out in Brentwood, California. And isn't that just like a suburb of L.A.? It is a suburb of L.A. It's, uh, you know, Los Angeles has different areas like West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, uh, Bel Air, you know, Century City, Glendale, where all over. This is uh, Brentwood, which is kind of close to Beverly Hills. Uh, and it's really close to, it's a really great uh, it's almost like a little, it's not a village, but it's like this really cool community uh, with just really cool, healthy people. When you're standing outside, you see people running all the time. I mean, all of L.A. is like that. But, uh, you can't, I, and just think, I was 115 pounds, and I worked with all these beautiful, skinny girls. Um, uh, so it's, it's a really cool environment, yeah. Right. Well, listen, uh, we're happy about this. Now, the, the blow-dry bar is open, and how is it coming along? It's going, you know, it's kind of, it was originally, and it is going to be just at that location only for members. Uh, because, you know, when you're transforming your body, and it's a no judgment kind of a place, you go in and you work out and you want to, you've got that bounce in your step, and Gwyneth wanted you to have that bounce in your hair, you know. So it is for members only, and when we first opened and when we announced it, we were, there was a million press impressions within 24 hours. And we, we, we got a 10,000, over 10,000 phone calls and emails about making reservations. Cause it's the first time a celebrity, well, I don't call myself that, I hate it, but like a hairstylist that works with celebrities and a, a an actual celebrity, an Oscar winner had opened a blow dry bar together. So we, we had like t- over 10,000 reservations and we're like, we're only for members. We, I was panicking, having anxiety wow. attacks. So, so that's where we decided, you know, we want to make it affordable, have great trained staff, and open up other locations so we can, you know, have fun with other women coming in. Sounds like you're doing just that. Yeah. Now, uh, the product line, you mentioned it earlier. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I understand it's for professionals only, and we have a lot of great uh, salon professionals who are listening to us right now and uh, friends of the Hair Radio Show. Um, so tell us about your product line and, and what you're working on with that. Yeah, I, uh, I like seven years ago, I launched a first hair care line with Kate Hudson, and that was for, uh, it was called David Bye for Wild Aid. It was just a project that Kate and I did, because I wanted to do, and Kate supported me, uh, to bring awareness to wildlife conservation. I'm a real big animal activist. I've always been since I was a kid. Um, and I'd learned from, <clears throat> excuse me, actually Angelina Jolie about wild aid and wanting to do, wanting to make a difference because she had donated millions of dollars to them. And she said to me, why don't you start a hair care line? That's when I started it with Kay. We went to Africa, shot our ads and, you know, we brought so much awareness, raised money, and, you know, that was specifically, uh, it was like a two-year project, you know. Um, and then, you know, once the the line, you know, we sold the brand for Wild Aid, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, we decided to, you know, I took a break, not thinking I wanted to do another line, because it is a lot of work, and I wanted performance, you know, because I'm a hairstylist, I, I, I've tried everything, you don't know the things people send me, and... I could never find, so I'd become like this crazy scientist at home creating stuff for myself, you know. And when the second time around I was approached to do a hair care line, again, I wanted it sulfate-free, paraben-free, petrochemical-free, and none of the nasties, you know, I want, but I wanted performance. So I took science and nature and combined it together and developed a product that actually works. There's so many amazing products out there but, and amazing natural products that really for hairstylists 
don't give the performance. You know, as hairstylists, we have a specific amount of time to to satisfy our clients' needs and yet get to our next client. So when developing this product, it took this line. It took me three years of massive testing. And my my thing is, my first one was tested on Kate Hudson, not on animals. My new one is tested on celebrities, not on animals. <laughs> so so I, I, I was able to test my entire range on so many different hair types and different hairstyles, and I made all of my, my products universal for every hair type, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I still have, you know, recycled plastics. And, you know, I'm a small company, but I'm a growing company, and I feel like it's great that we can do these kind of healthier products. You know, as hairdressers, we're surrounded by hairsprays and products all day long, you know, for our entire career. And I, I was like, you know, and I have so many hairdresser friends that have, had gone through so many different health issues. And right. so I thought, okay, this is going to be something I can do. And it's been so well received. We launched it in Australia six months ago, and we're the number one selling product there. And I'm actually just, again, another little exclusive, nobody knows about this, is ah. I've, I've launched, well, I launched it in the Beverly, in the Brentwood studios, not for sale, just for people that work out in the showers and in the blow-dry bar. And now I'm going to uh, launch exclusively globally with Goop, uh, with oh. Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, uh, oh. Gwyneth Bites. So it'll go there and then it'll eventually go into salons and, you know, because she's so hands-on and everything that goes on Goop, she has to approve it before yeah. it does. So, you know, it's something that I want to keep professional. I want to keep for our hairdressers, you know? Well, we are happy to have heard it right here first at the Hair Radio Show. Hey. Uh, now, when that uh, when it's all out and, and, and you're ready to talk about it more, can, would you please come back and tell us more about that? Yes. Are you kidding me? I would love to. Uh, you guys are so, uh, for sure. <laughs> Terrific. Well, listen, we want to thank you. But uh, before we let you go, there's one last area, which it's, it's still very uh, close to me as well, personally, but I want to just uh, ask you, I know that you're doing so many wonderful things, uh, and many may not realize that you're also doing this, and this is why I want to talk about it, um, which is the Look Good, Feel Better uh, charity. Would you, would you mind taking, a, you know, telling us a, just a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's, it's such an amazing organization. They've been around for so long, and they do such beautiful work. And, you know, I, 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 actually my, my focus is going to be a lot this year on that. I, you know, I feel like, you know, looking good makes you feel great. You know, how many days have we all had bad hair days? Yeah. Or, you know, going through different things. I had a, I had a, where I really got into that was one of my dear friends, uh, you know, and I don't want to get emotional because I always do, her mother was going through chemo, and her mom's hair as a child, I remember, was like her pride and joy, and she had to, she was losing her hair, and I went over to, you know, shave her hair and give her a wig and, you know, all that stuff, and she just couldn't do it, and I love my hair. I mean, I'm a hairstylist, and I, I'm, if I have a bad hair day, it's like literally an emotional wreck for me. <laughs> so I, I, I took the clippers, and I shaved my head, and I said, look, it's that easy. And when I was shaving my head, the whole time I was thinking of Debbie, Demi Moore in G.I. Jane. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I go, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. But, you know, I wanted her to feel like it was okay and that it'll come back, and, you know, and this is not the important part. 
right now, you know, and I love what they do. And, you know, I have different organizations I work with. Obviously, being an animal activist, I love working with Catherine Hagel with her mother, you know, spay and neuter programs. And there's so many things that I'm, I'm interested in. And luckily, I've been fortunate to have such amazing celebrity clients that have helped me express this to everyone. So the more I can do, the better I feel. It's almost, it's really a selfish thing that I do. And I don't really talk about it a lot, but uh, it's a very selfish thing I do, and it makes me feel good. So why not? Well, listen, you are really a living example, um, and we are just so honored. We can't uh, say it enough. And oh, thank so you. So we want folks, uh, maybe it would be a good suggestion to uh, tell them how they can find out more about you. Your website, what is the name of your website? Uh, I'm, you know, they can go to David Babai, B-A-B-A-I-I, dot com dot au which is my Australian one which will be launching everywhere and I'm um, you know I'm with Tracy Mattingly agency and uh, obviously Janice McCafferty my publicist who I love who's been my publicist for my entire career <laughs> uh, yes. but yes. you know I, I one thing I just want to say to I think all of your amazing listeners is you know, if you stand strong and you stand together, you can do whatever you want. And there's so many other hairdressers out there that are so much better than me. And I get Facebook messages from all of them, you know, and I love it. You know, I love that you guys are following me and, and wanting to do what I do and just don't give up. You know, it'll happen. You just, just do what you do. Keep your artistic talents there. On that note, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Stay with us. Are we there? That was David Babai in his own words. Uh, the late David Babai. Uh, this is Carrie Hines. Uh, it's Thursday morning, uh, March 17th of 2022. It's about uh, a little before 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central. Uh, we had on the memorial, uh, radio memorial, which was the very first time we've ever done anything like this on the Hair Radio Morning Show. Uh, David, uh, in an exclusive interview with us, uh, way back when he first really was uh, working with Gwyneth Paltrow, of course you guys know her, she's won an Oscar. And was on People Magazine as the guest one of the sexiest women or what have you, uh, most beautiful women, I think it was. And um, he talked about all of his work with Kate Hudson and and so many others, like too many to list, really. Um, but his story was very moving. He just mentioned his publicist, Janice McCafferty. So um, here's the statement. Here is the actual statement that I have for you guys directly from uh, his publicist. In her own words, uh, Janice McCafferty had all of this to say, and I just wanted to go ahead and get it on for everybody uh, because this is really, it's been something um, that has been shocking to find out, uh, to be quite frank. And, and I think you guys can see or hear just how much uh, his words meant to us. So let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and get this on from the amazing Janice, who uh, who could not uh, really bring herself to speak. So I'm reading the statement for her. 
Take a listen. Statement from Janice McCafferty, publicist for David Babai. I met David over 20 years ago when he reached out to me for a styling product he wanted to use on his celebrity client. It wasn't like the normal phone call. I was used to representing many leading brands. This call took on a deep connection. We spoke for hours about the beauty industry and his goals as a celebrity hairstylist, plus our families, pets, foods, and life in general. I was hooked and became his biggest fan. As David's career took off, I started to handle his public relations. This took on a a magical journey. It was more like having a party with laughter and plenty of smiles when we spoke every day. I welcomed every call with him and would even start smiling when I saw his number on the caller ID as he would always have a story to tell. David was one of a kind. His talents as a hairdresser, his ability to make everyone laugh, and his love for animals made him the most sought-after hairstylist in Hollywood. From red carpets, covers of major magazines, and the runways, David was in demand. His clientele included A-list celebrities, top models, and photographers, of course. But with all of this fame and recognition, David was very humble. He had uh, never bragged or even thought he was a better hairstylist than someone else. Instead, he would play down everything so no one would think he was unapproachable. He made everyone feel comfortable around him. He was a joy and how I loved him like a son.